0: Guys, so we have a another special guest on this show. Uh, we're doing a member spotlight slash um, professional highlights, I guess, of one of our members. So, Dr. Kyle Block, how you doing? Doing well. How are you? Sweet. I'm doing great. Um, been trying to get Kyle on for a while, but he's a busy dude. So uh, now that we had a, nailed him down to a time and a date, um, we're going to dig deep into a little bit of Kyle's background, um, particularly as it pertains to the gym, but more importantly. Now I have a working professional in here that's in the healthcare business, Um, we're going to just kind of jam a little bit on what's going on with with that field. So just real quick, dude, where are you from? So originally from Minnesota, back
1: um, in the day, and decided to get out of there, come out to uh, Virginia just to get away from the family, actually. Um, Got out here about 10 years ago and really just didn't know what I was doing. I was just new to the profession, new to the area and have found, uh, found that I love the area a lot. The people are kind of all over the place. You never know who you're going to meet, and that's been really cool for, true. My, <laughs> for my practice um, because it challenges me on a regular basis. So um, I started with you guys almost a year ago, which is crazy. And yep. uh, it has been an amazing year, and I can't rant and rave enough about how much of a family I feel. Anything I've ever got going on, I always come in here and talk to you guys about it. Dude,
0: that's... It's humbling, uh, especially when I hear people that kind of know the business and they understand They understand the kooks and they understand the good and the bad. So when you're, to say that is humbling. Thank you. Um, now, you said you've been out here for 10 years, and my timeline is a little bit off. So how long have you owned your practice? So you're, you're a chiropractor. We didn't even establish that. Yep. So what is the official title? Because I know you do more than just bone work. <laughs> so... I am a, in the profession. I'm a
1: dirty mixer, is what they call us, um, because we <laughs> I've work. Never with, heard that. Yeah, we work with uh, muscle. Um, I'll go into more of looking at joint, and also then going into supplementation and talking about things that are actually beneficial, things that are not. Um, you know, there are patients that will come in and they're eating what they think is healthy, but for their body type, it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be an inflammatory response to you know, something like spinach. Some people actually have an allergy towards spinach and they don't even realize it. And they have all these other symptoms and changing the diet can change the whole workout, um, of what I'm doing with them. And, you know, I've had patients that have had pretty much amazing success just by changing that small little piece. And in chiropractic, we don't think about that. We think about it. We're just bone crushers and yep. we just smack them into place and send them on their way. And it's so much more than that nowadays. It's really become a lifestyle, just like the gym. And that's why I love coming here because it is a lifestyle. There's yep. going to be ups and downs. There's going to be things where you do really well for a while and then you kind of fall back and these ebbs and flows, but it's understanding that it's not just a quick in here and now.
0: Yep. So, so I'm going to, I want to dig more into that because you're getting into the area that I get excited about, which is just total welfare and and care. Um, and it's not, it's everything from supplements to food, to the actual care board certified professional that goes further with the client. Um, your practice is how old?
1: Uh, so it's four years old, um, that I've owned my practice, but I graduated back in 2011, but I've been practicing with patients since 2009.
0: So it's, so were you under somebody else's shingle for half that time? Yep. Okay. Um, so you got your own practice and you had to establish your own client base. And I know there was some kind of wonky shit with the way you bought your practice and you had to kind of dig yourself out and yeah. you're kind of self made now. Right. Yeah. Um, when I talk um, well, again, I'm going to, sorry, keep, I gotta keep your professional stuff off. I'm so excited to get into that piece of it. All right. So you've been with us for a year mm-hmm. and I always like to, the, um, the retrospective to go back and just say, Hey, when I'm talking to a new client and I give them the frame to say, Hey, think about where you'll be in a year. Most people freak out uh, because people don't want to think about all the work that's involved between now and a year. So I've actually knocked that down to, like, just think of where you'll be in a month. Think we mm-hmm. where you'll be in three months. But now that you've got a year, you can have conversations with people and be like, what has changed? What's the biggest takeaway after a year? Because you didn't do CrossFit. You came in through our CrossFit side, mm-hmm. and you did not do CrossFit before, right? Right. All right. So what's after a year, what's your biggest takeaway? Were you even ever – did you work out?
1: So I <clears> – <throat> I worked out, I had a trainer at one point and there was good and bad with it. Yep. Um, the, the big takeaway that I've had from this past year is that no matter what happens, you're always moving forward. Cause if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards has always been a motto yep. of mine. And there have been times over this last year where I slacked off and I didn't do something. But what I've learned is that I've c- continuously gained and it was cool to see where I was, you know, just even last week when we were doing some simple lifts and, I can now bench press my body weight, which yep. I was like, "Holy crap!" And that's I couldn't even get a 45 pounds <laughs> onto the bar uh, a year ago. So now it's like, "Oh, 45 pounds? Here we go." Nice. You know, so it's if you put the work in, you it's gonna be there. And the best part is that the family uh, dynamic that's here, they always push you through. I mean, I've seen you. There's somebody at the very end of the class that's just struggling to complete the workout, and you're there. You're digging in with them. You're going through and. Um, complete that last set with them or that last round, yeah. even though you're done, you're tired. <laughs> and, you know, it's cool to see that because that motivates me to say, all right, I can do this too, because here's somebody that's already completed the workout and they've gone above and beyond and they didn't have to. Why can't I push myself to that point too?
0: That's, uh, I think, I don't think that's completely unique to our gym. I think we do it well. Um, there obviously there's places where you're kind of sink or swim on your own, um, but to lead by that. And I imagine that's the same in your profession. I mean, you've got to lead by example, you got to lead from the front and you hope that it rubs off and people pay attention. So to hear that is, is great. That's it's intentional.
1: Well, and I also (laughs) interviewed other gyms other CrossFit gyms prior to coming here because I wanted to see what the difference was. And one of the biggest things that I got was that you guys actually care about your patients. And even in the chiropractic profession, our biggest thing is if our patients don't like us, if they don't trust us, they're not going to come back to us. And, Other gyms, it was kind of like, oh, you don't lift? No worries. Um, You can come in here. You can do your thing, but we really don't want to mess with you because you don't know what you're doing already. And you guys came in, and it was like, you don't know what you're doing? Great. We'll help you. We'll teach you. We'll make sure that you get to that point. And I may know functional movements, but I can't watch myself. I can't see what I'm doing. And a great point was this morning. You know, hey, your shoulder, you're dipping on the left. Oh, didn't even realize it. So now I can pay attention and be more body aware when I'm doing something. So I don't injure myself.
0: You know, it's funny, but some, sometimes the best clients are the ones that I get to clean slate with, you know, because they're not bringing in their own voodoo and bad style of training. And it's Mm -hmm. very difficult to coach somebody that's been doing fitness for so long that they don't hear you. So, um, our druthers and the way we prefer to roll is to have somebody in that's a, that's a blank slate that's open to being coached. Um, you're less likely to get hurt and yeah. you're going to be successful longer. Um, all right, so you came in, and I think the initial conversation we had when you started on with us is that you wanted to see what CrossFit was like because you had patients that were doing it. Correct. So before us and before trying CrossFit, I guess, what was your perception of that industry?
1: So my perception has always been keep an open mind. If I don't know something, it doesn't mean that it's bad. It doesn't mean that it's good. It's I need to learn more about it. And I've had patients that... And I can't believe I'm going to admit this, but, uh, I had a patient who was a pole dance fitness and I went and took one of the classes cause I couldn't figure out why, uh, her hamstring wasn't getting better. And she and I went on the pole and it was not pretty, but at the end of the day, I figured out what it was. So having that education,
0: having that knowledge, that's huge. Um, that's, yeah. that's someone that goes beyond, you know, when you really want to understand your client's pain. Uh, you're on a stripper pole with them, yeah. or dancing pole. Can you go? Do they call it stripper in that business? I don't know, but I do. So, <laughs> so it's just okay. So it's a tool of trade. Exactly. Um, all right. Now, are you more encouraged or discouraged with CrossFit as a, as a as a fitness trend or as a sport? Do you see it as something that's long term, or do you see it as something that's going to kind of burn itself out? I think it's a long term thing because a lot of
1: it is if you do the movements correctly. It's all functional based movements. Um, you can watch. Anybody go through the motions at the gym and they have no idea what they're doing. The one thing that CrossFit offers is that it really is about getting you down to the roots, getting you down to the basics, understanding what it is that you're doing, and then building on top of there. It doesn't matter if you lift 10 pounds or if you're lifting 10 hundred or 10,000 pounds or whatever it yep. is, but if you're doing that movement correctly, you're going to be fine. And I've <laughs> seen people at the gyms in the past that I wouldn't even go up to because they're huge. I mean, I'm not a big guy. Yeah. I, you know, I don't lift heavy weights, but I would see these guys lifting, you know, five, 600 pounds and I'm seeing them doing it wrong. And I'm like, dude, you're going to be in my office one day. Yeah. And here, what I've noticed is like, if I can get to somebody and I can actually coach them on something, you know, tell them what's going on, that's going to be a way for them to prevent it. And that's what I love about CrossFit. And that is a reason why I think it's going to stay is because it really allows people to coach each other and understand that practice doesn't make perfect, but perfect practice makes perfect. Nice. And so that's a saying that I've gotten by mentors over the years, and it's a hundred percent true. There's perfect practice when we go into these classes and people are like, well, I don't want to do the class. I just want to go and do my work. get out. Yep. You're missing the whole point then. You're missing what the importance of having that class dynamic is because you have all these other eyes watching you, making sure you're doing what you're supposed to do, and that's missed in most of the other industry um, portions where you go to an Anytime Fitness. You know, they have the big thing, don't drop the weights. Yep. Well, I'm sorry. Sometimes you need to drop the weight.
0: And Hold, Holding on to a bad lift is, a, is an ignorant way to lift. Exactly. Yep, you're right. Now, the, <clears throat> as far as the business goes, so to talk a little bit just um, – a little bit of where CrossFit's going, and what I've seen in the past is CrossFit is a methodology itself, and I was more drawn to that sport just because of the intelligence of the structure of it. Um, the founder of CrossFit, Greg Glassman, he was a very eloquent writer, and he was very specific and um, scientific in the way he put things together. And I was like, as a whole, it's like communism. Communism on paper looks fantastic, you know, but in practice, the human element element changes things, and you're going to lose you're going to lose the intent and it's never going to be the right outcome. Right. Um, CrossFit is a sport itself. And I've seen this because you've got people that just have a natural brute strength to be able to do things they're not supposed to. And m- most immature lifters and immature uh, fitness enthusiasts, if they believe they can get from point A to point B, picking the weight up and getting it to the, its destination, then everything else in between doesn't really matter. It's kind of a just in the way. And as long as I can flow from A to B, I'll figure it out. But there is a competitive, even internal competitive edge within CrossFit that makes people want to do more than they should, mm-hmm. and we've seen it here with hundreds of clients where um, it doesn't take much for an adult shoulder to go out, right? It doesn't take much for the, where the um, the uh, the lumbar is put together that you start having problems in the lumbar spine, mm-hmm. and and it's not so much knee problems as much as the the lower back and the shoulders more than anything else. But it's a it's a sport that is not regulated. If you don't have a strong enough of a coach in place to keep people from doing some something stupid, they will hurt themselves. And after a while, the coaches, um, I was over overly cautious on people, so to the point where it turned people off. It's like, hey, just leave me alone. You know, I want to go do these things. You in the profession understand that if you can see somebody doing a bad lift it's not your responsibility because you're not in that capacity in that place, but you can see from one human to another, what you're doing, sir, is going to bang you up. You're not going to, you're not going to move well. Um, And for you to say, to come in here and you can spot human movement and see where things are going, CrossFit as a whole, that will be its downfall is that there aren't coaches strong enough to keep people from developing faster than their body is able to develop. I agree a hundred percent with that. And I don't know where the industry is going to be able to go to stop that because, even the injuries here with as cautious as we are, it's prevalent. And this is something that CrossFit doesn't really talk about because they say, well, if it's done properly, you know, there's, the injury rates are very low, but it just takes one middle-aged guy to come down off a regular pull-up with that incorrect form because they don't have the structure to support their body weight on the descent to screw up a fragile shoulder. Right. So uh, that's my rant for that. Um, All right. So, you had mentioned uh, your biggest gain, you said, is you're able to bench press your body weight.
1: Yeah, that was pretty impressive, actually. <laughs>
0: is that your biggest, like, uh, hoo-yah over the past year? Is that is that the biggest strength gain you've seen?
1: Oh, yeah. That? I mean, for me, my legs have always been strong. Um, you know, when I worked out with a trainer in the way past when I was in undergrad, um, I had a trainer that was competing for bodybuilding competitions. and. I was one of the few people that he was training that could outlift him in legs. <laughs> and I never even had to try. I mean, it's just Minnesota stocky build. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, he set me down and I mean, I'd warm up with two twenty, three hundred 300 pounds and just no big deal. And then I'd switch to one leg and just do presses. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. And he's like, dude, that's just not normal. <laughs> and I said, I know I want an upper body cause my lower body doesn't match the upper. You gotta catch so up. So I'm yeah. the reverse chicken leg syndrome. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> Ch- chicken upper. <laughs> exactly. Well, benching body weight is a big milestone. Anything that you can hit that's half, three-quarter on body weight, one and a quarter, one and a half, those are the milestones that I typically am more impressed with was people that can manipulate their body weight and stuff, um, as opposed to just random RX weights. Mm-hmm. I mean, show me this proportionate to your body weight, and that's pretty dope. So uh, congrats. That's Not many people get that type of a gain. Legs, I think, strength is easy to get up, but upper body strength, that takes a lot of work. So yeah. that's kudos to you. Your nutrition's been on point then. Um, Let's dip over to professional. Um, Okay, so chiropractor, when I first, one of my favorite gym members was always Gold's. Mm -hmm. And there was a real big one in Chantilly um, about 15, 20 years ago. They had an actual chiropractor built into the practice, into the gym itself. So when you walked in, it was chiropractic on the right, the rest of the gym on the left. And part of their thing, their shtick was, oh, let's go get in front of the chiropractor. You're getting started. So it was a real nice little referral business they had built in there. And when I was talking to the chiropractor back then, they were like, yeah, your shoulders aren't even, your hips in the opposite direction, this, that, and the other. No, by the way, we can fix you with this, 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 many Mm -hmm. visits. I was like, you're out of your mind. I can't afford any of that shit. And they tried to associate back then that just a little bit of alignment issues in the spine is going to have X percentage depreciation on your strength. Mm -hmm. You're going to see a depreciation because you just can't push and pull and do everything you need to because the body's just not in sync. Now, after one of our conversations, we're associating more of general health with that alignment and making sure that, hey, the spine is aligned. It's not just about I have a bad back or I don't feel right sitting in a car all day. I'm a little bit uncomfortable. But now, looking from the, the neck down, working your way down the spine, they're associating health with the organs in those general regions based on spine health. Oh, 100%. So when you're looking at the, you know, the, the top end, you're dealing with your heart, your lungs. And it works its way down. Do you you want to elaborate a little bit on that? This is the cool shit that I was hoping we'd get to. So this has been known
1: since back in the day when chiropractic really started. So D.D. Palmer and B.J. Palmer, when they first came out, they had no clue what they were doing. They were just smacking people around. And it was a fortunate coincidence that there was a guy who had a hearing problem that happened to be tied to his sympathetics and they adjusted the upper back area Mm -hmm. and the story goes that the guy started getting his hearing back and that's when they started realizing holy smokes we've got something here and so they started diving in and figuring out all right what's going on why is this working so when you start up in the neck you know people who have chronic headaches chronic um gland issues so they're constantly getting sick constantly having these earaches um, tinnitus in the ear Those are all associated with that upper cervical. So think of the base of your skull down midway through the neck. So Mm -hmm. all that is stemming from that area. Then we start looking at the glands and we start looking at the thyroid issues, those kind of things. Fatiguing, all of that. We're looking at the middle of the neck down towards the base of the neck. You got shoulder issues. You got hand stuff. All those nerves that are coming out there go into the hands, go into the wrists, go into the fingers. And the best way I can describe it is we always think that wherever our pain is in our body, that's where the problem starts from. And that's not always the case. Um, A great example is if you squeeze your wrist hard enough, you'll cut the blood supply off and the nerve supply and your fingers will start to tingle. The problem isn't in your fingers at that point. It's where you're cutting that blood supply off. Same thing happens with the spine. So when we start looking on the rest of the way down, that upper thoracic, so right where the traps are going down into the shoulders, Mm -hmm. those first four vertebrae down control all of your heart and your lung. Now, if you have an injury, let's say you're I don't know, doing pull-ups incorrectly for however many years, you're constantly jutting that head forward when you go things um, into a press or into any type of motion because you're constantly leading with that head. You're gonna constantly be straining that portion of your spine. Well, that extra weight eventually starts to degrade the bone, which then shortens how uh, much lifespan you have in that bone. The bone starts to try to remodel itself. You've got bone spurs that form. You've got all these things. The nerve now is compressed because the opening changes and now you have chronic bronchitis, you have chronic heart problems, heart disease. And it's all because we didn't take care of the spine from the very Mm get-go. And it's not something that happens overnight. I can't tell you how many times people should have come to my office like, I felt great, I don't know what was going on, but then I bent over and I picked up a number two pencil. I'm like, well, it must have really been a lead pencil then because (laughs) it threw out your back? I don't
0: think so. Yeah, This has been going on for years. It compounded over time. Oh, 100%. (laughs) Now, you you brought up, obviously it's relative because we're talking about... um, as it pertains to the CrossFit itself. So we're looking at like uh, the pull-ups is the example you gave. Mm-hmm. How much do you see – what's the average age of your clientele?
1: Uh, I'd say the average age is probably like late
0: 20s to mid-30s. And knowing where this the state of the country is as far as obesity and where are most of your parent, uh, your clients as far as on the BMI? Are they over or under 28? So uh,
1: they're A lot of them are either right on or just a little bit over.
0: Okay. And how many people do you find come in with actual um, – Structural issues due to over muscle so they're they're too strong. There's too much development There's too much time spent in the gym working on the wrong things to where you end up with that imbalance that ends up causing problems Um, on the spine Severely that way i've had like maybe two or three But
1: there are a lot of people that just have imbalance in general because we're in a situation right now Where we're constantly using the front side of our body all day long, right? So when we sit hip flexors are um, engaged. When we grab for things, we're engaging the pec, we're engaging everything in the front of us. We never engage the backside. So we're almost all in a state of imbalance, no matter which way you look at it. And it sounds crazy to say that, that we're all in an imbalance. But when you think about what you do on a day-to-day basis, think about everything that you do. How often do you push your leg behind you? How often do you reach behind you? How often are you extending your arms? Your arms are generally flexed because you're (laughs) typing all day long. Right. So everything is in the front of us. So, you know, To say that there's an imbalance i would say almost every patient has to have some type of imbalance it's just how severe is that and i always try to tell a patient that it doesn't matter how severe it is in the medical terminology any problem is a severe issue and a severe disease causing problem because if you don't take care of it now i promise you it will become a bigger issue later on and it's a compounding effect Everything that is a disease, it's degenerative unless you stop it or you fix it and reverse it. Mm. So if you don't start doing it now, 10 years from now, you're going to have a a lot of problems with it. And it's going
0: to be like, well, this just
1: came up. Well, no, 10 years ago, when you started having that ache in that shoulder, when you started having whatever, that's where it came from.
0: So when we talk about this, because that. That overdevelopment is more common, especially here. And if you've got people that won't go see a doctor until something's broke, mm-hmm. you've already kind of crossed over to that degenerative state. You already are in the position where you've weakened the structures, the bones. May you may already have bone spurs. Um, what is the chances of corrective issue? Corrective therapies recovering that person? Is it all? It's relative on how much damage there is, of course. But if you've got someone that's been doing nothing but bench press and shoulder presses and pushups and you know everything in that. the sagittal plane there. Is it possible for them to recover if they get there before pain? Oh,
1: definitely. Pain is the worst indicator of anything. And you and I have talked about that before. Um, Pain only presents itself when you're almost to the point where the body's about to give up on you because it's saying, dude, you're not listening to me. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Now I'm going to make it apparent to you. And if you still don't listen to me, then we're going to have major problems. And so when it comes to the severity of it, Each patient is going to be a little bit different. It depends on what your day-to-day activities are. But there are patients that I've seen where we can reverse a curvature in the cervical spine. Um, I've had patients with bone spurs that the bone spurs stay there, but they don't have the symptomatology. They're not having all the problems that they were having, or it's at least stopped any further degeneration. If you can stop the degeneration, that's a big piece of it in and of itself.
0: Okay, so... We're talking about the, the neck, upper part of the back, causing issues with the heart, the glands, the thyroid. Mm-hmm. How prevalent are those issues with people in a car accident? So when you're talking about the neck, then and you find people that four or five years ago they had a car accident, and now they're sitting in front of you with thyroid problems, gain, weight gain. There's problems, and they're associating it with, well, I had this car accident, and it just knocked me out. But I've heard more people talk about weight gain after something like that, and it wasn't necessarily, nothing broke, but the damage had been done and maybe um, PT didn't cover it. Right. You know? So the doctors are just like, uh, as far as a physical therapist is concerned, you're good to go, go ahead and march on. But without additional care, is does the industry follow through with chiropractic as part of that PT in instances like car accidents? Is so that part of it? Yeah, so
1: with chiropractic, you know, we always tell everybody, we're not competitors with PT. They do their thing, we do our thing. They're separate, yeah. And a lot of times patients are thinking, well, I went to the PT and, you know, I got all my exercises and, you know, that that's all I need to do. And I always tell patients, they're not adjusting. The number one thing that chiropractors are doing, we're adjusting. We're putting the spine back together. You know, we talk about these big fancy words, subluxation. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, what does that mean? In the chiropractic realm, all it means is pressure on a nerve that is caused by either bone being out of place or soft tissue pulling onto something and compressing onto those nerves and discs. That's all the subluxation is. But when we start looking at the industry as a whole, a lot of times we worry about the financial side of it and we don't actually do what we need to do as patients yep. because we're thinking about the bottom dollar. And I always tell patients right now, you may be 25 years old, 30 years old, and the money is tight. I totally get that. I understand it. I've been in that position myself. I'm still in that position. Yeah. But you invest in your 401k every single time you have your paycheck deposited. Your health is your 401k. If you don't have it now, all that money that you just saved for the last 20, 30, 40 years, you're going to be spending on healthcare instead of going out and traveling the world yep. like you want to do all that other stuff. And that's why I love working with you guys because you guys understand that you try to emulate that here and understand that health and wellness isn't just a today thing. It's a planning for the future. And if you develop properly in the gym and you do the things you're supposed to do, you're going to continue being able to do that 20, 30, 40 years down the road. If you develop bad habits and you start lifting incorrectly correctly here and you start doing the things you're not supposed to, and you're not listening, you're going to have problems and you're going to end up in my office. And there's going to come a point
0: where I can't fix you even, and it's going to be surgery. It'll be surgery. <clears throat> there's, It's funny. We say something very similar to that. It's um, people are always aware of what their investments are doing, but they don't recognize that by the time you get there, you're not going to be able to spend it or enjoy it. That's all going to go to the medical and to the old folks' homes and to your kids because you know you dropped off the planet earlier than you were supposed to. Now, interestingly enough, also people make it a point to go to the dentist every six months to get your routine checkups and cleanings, but. Teeth has had great marketing. You know, there's a lot more into the business as far as your teeth are and uh but people don't even think about it. like, oh shit, six months, pain in the ass, I gotta go get my cleanings, get my stuff my stuff looked at. They don't look at something like chiropractic the same way and say, look, if you want to make sure that you don't get sick, you wanna make sure that you've got good spine health, that you're mobile and flexible and you can move around space well, that's a greater insurance to your longevity than your teeth. I mean, well, and it's weird because one is gonna get you around from place to place and the teeth are just going to be great when you're in the wheelchair getting pushed around
1: the fucking room that's exactly it i mean the body is designed to live to be at least 100 to 120 is kind of where they're finding our genetic um propensity is at nice and our lifespan is not 100 to 120 we're getting closer but that's the advent of a lot of medications being drugged up and it's not a quality life it's a quantity of years Mm -hmm. right so when we start thinking about when i'm 90 I want to be able to do whatever I want to do. I want to be able to go out and enjoy life. I mean, I have patients that are in their eighties and nineties right now and they come in and they've got perfectly, I mean, it's amazing to me what they have, like as far as their spine. I mean, it's not the same as a 20 year old, but it's definitely for comparative a 90 to a 90. It looks like somebody that's in their forties and fifties versus somebody who's not taking care of themselves. And it's so amazing to me because they've done what they're supposed to do. And they've, they've, reap the rewards
0: that, you know? that maintenance. Now, yeah. how often do you think somebody needs to come into a chiropractor and just get that tune up? Cause you don't want to pursue the pain model. If you're Correct. waiting for pain, it's too late. Yep. So how often should somebody be spending time to get yourself adjusted and reviewed?
1: So it, that really is dependent on that person. So, um, and that's how you're going to be able to tell a great chiropractor versus someone who just wants your money. Yeah. If someone tells you that you need to come to me two times a week for the rest of your life, run fast (laughs) as you can. All right. So it's going to make the 400 meter uh, run here look like child's play, but in reality, like I have some patients that come to me once every six months. I have some patients that come to me once every three months. I have some that come to me once a week. I have some that come to me every a uh, couple of weeks. It just depends on that patient. And it has to do with how well you hold. What are you doing on the outside? I'm with you for 20 minutes, yep. 30 minutes at a pop. I can only do so much. Yep. you know. I'm, I'm not a miracle worker. Yep. But if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, your adjustments should hold and you should be able to go into a maintenance style where you might only come in once a month or once every couple of months. And that's great.
0: So at what age should people start looking at stuff like that?
1: So my youngest client that I have right now is four months old. And people like almost drop their jaw when they hear that I have a four-month-old
0: coming in. I'm mentally me. doing that right now.
1: <laughs> so... I had an individual, and again, people I think misunderstand the power of chiropractic a lot. I had a child that came in that chronic colic would not stop, would not stop wow. at all for anything. And the parents were just not getting sleep. So what does that do to the parents? That means that they're coming in more, which means that it's more money out of their pocket because they're yeah. coming in to get a treatment. So I was like, bring your little son in. Let me just take a look at him we adjusted him one time and he started sleeping through the night within probably two days. And he was able to hold that adjustment for a little over a week. And then granted there's a lot of muscle memory there. So we had to readjust him again. And I haven't seen him now in probably two months and he's just starting to get that kind of not sleeping again. The acid reflex is returning and things like that. So, you know, a four month old is coming in because it's a very traumatic experience for yep. the birth process. You know, and we talked about it earlier, yep. you know, I've had pregnancy where women, they'll come in with the baby breach. You do some adjustment, you work on the round ligament, you open up the uterus and all of a sudden the baby has to um, have that ability to flip.
0: It's got it, room to move. Exactly. That's, that's one of the things that, cause you're, Your regular physician's not going to take care of that. Um, Your PT's not going to take care of that. So, Mm -hmm. as a whole, and every trade, especially even fitness, you know, I I look at myself as a bigger role than I see a bigger place for fitness and nutrition than maybe a chiropractor does, which maybe than a registered nurse does. Mm There's maybe a nutritionist does. And when you look at all these pieces of your life team, you know, your, your medical should be the last one. You, know, you go to your doctors for your routines, but any other time you show up for an MD's attention is usually when something's broken or wrong. But everything below, I mean, we're not talking about palliative care at that, at that point. We're talking about keep me from going to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just took 10% of all your savings, so you've got a budget for savings, take 10% of that and start applying it to all your wellness and overall care. You already care sometimes to, well, fashion, you got people that will dump money on fashion without even thinking about it, right? Starbucks coffee It's Starbucks. So there's a budget for that. But if people could understand that if you reallocated some of your time to go, you go to the dentist already, go to the chiropractor and get at least a quarterly review, Definitely. right? Uh, the fitness thing, your body every day is trying to kill you. Any day that you don't try to keep yourself healthy, your body's working on dying. I mean, it, your body wants to stop moving. It doesn't want to keep active. So if you can roll up spending time for, um, so to start out, meditation—you know, getting into where you actually have the the peace of mind. Then you get into the physical strength. You know, you'd be able to do the seven foundational movements. You'd be need to be able to run, walk, lunge, push, pull—all the basic things of being a human. Well, in doing those, we have accidents and we misalign ourselves, mm-hmm. and we've got things that go out of walk. So you've got to go and check in with that. Then you go do your, your female care, and then you do your guy care, and then you everything. And if you're on point with all that stuff, the the gamble is that you hit 50, 60 years old feeling like a 40 year old. It's the worst thing that can happen. And people look at it as in, it's a, it's a cost factor. It's like, well, I don't want to sink money into those things because I can't, there's no benefit to buying tires for your car either, but shit, you got to buy them every 50,000 miles or or you (laughs) have consequences to pay. So probably I would like to get to it more. I'm, real bad about going and getting care once i'm hurt Mm -hmm. um i try to do my own old school kind of rehab what i've picked up youtube university all that kind of shit but it's only after um you recognize how good you can feel coming out of that stuff you're like okay i I promise myself i'll take care of you know i'll take better care of myself moving forward but we don't do it no because humans are stupid
1: well and even as a chiropractor there are times where i don't even go and i'm like crap i really needed to get this adjusted because i could feel it a week ago and my front desk gal joanne she always yells at me she's like you're a chiropractor, take your own <laughs> advice. And very rarely do I um, get to that point. But, you know, I'm much more body aware than most individuals because it's my profession. This is what I do on a regular basis. Yep. And, you know, going back to talking about just investing the time and investing the money, I mean, I just, I get so irritated when I have a patient that comes in and says, well, I think I only want to spend um, this amount of money on my care. <laughs> Do you only want to spend that amount of money on your car? All right. So you're going to tell me you're going to buy this brand new car.
0: So people come in and they talk a budget for their cap, oh yeah. for their care. Yep. So they'll okay. come in and
1: they're like, I only want to spend about this much money on how much care I need. Well, It's like I'm a bus s- ticket. Well, I'm like...
0: <laughs> how far will this get me?
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm like, go buy a car and tell them you only want to spend this much money and then have them start taking different parts of the car out that you need. <laughs> I'm like, that's how you're treating your health right now. I'm like, you can't set that budget with the expectation going into it you have to understand that you've gotten yourself into a position it's your fault yeah you have to take responsibility my job as the provider is to help you get to that point and get you out of where you've gotten yourself and once you get to that point yeah then it becomes easier but you need to invest the money you invested the time to get yourself there now you're going to, need to invest the time and the money to get yourself Don't out and Undo
0: there. it i've read something the other day that was talking about um uh, life in the United States, and it was talking about how how distracted and sedated we are, right? And it's, it's yeah. a it's a lifestyle where we walk around as uh, censured beings and the idea that we're self-aware and that we kind of, we have a grip on life. You know, there's nothing you can throw at me. I, I know, I went to college, you know, mm-hmm. I understand all there is to know. Um, but when you get into, I posted something because it was something about the article that tripped me enough to share it, and once I did it, somebody made some comment about socialist health care i don't know how it went into that direction but it was like oh sweden has socialist health care and everything's great and there's no problems over there and i think the difference between the two is a matter of self-awareness and self-preservation that we don't the united states is a reckless culture we drink crazy amounts we eat you know we eat like it's our last day on the planet um and it's only when things are broke do we pay attention to it Mm -hmm. the united states is the fattest country in the world and people are like, socialist medicine, look at Sweden. It works. You know, it's a social, uh, somewhat is a socialist environment where you can go out there and the care is all covered for you. Well, they're 31st as far as obesity goes. So their country has some awareness on how to take care of themselves, whereas ours doesn't.
1: Well, I think part of that problem is is that our model of quote, unquote, health care is not really about health care. It's sick care. Yes. Health care is really thinking about the healthy uh, things that you should be doing so yep you know kind of what we've been talking about you know the making sure you're doing the right workouts making sure you're doing the right eating making sure you're getting enough sleep in chiropractic we have three things that cause disease thoughts traumas and toxins what you put into your body what you do to your body and how you feel are what cause disease you <laughs> that's can, brilliant <laughs> you can pretty much trace every single disease back to those things because most diseases start with the gut so if you're eating like crap Yep. I guarantee you there's going to be something that develops because you don't have the building blocks to build proper cells. You don't have the uh, ability to repair all the genetic um, in, uh, issues or injuries that are going on there. So what ends up happening, it all starts to break down. You have t- what are called telomeres. Think of them as being yep. little blockers at the end of each of your genomic pieces. And as soon as those are gone... That's when all chaos breaks loose, and you don't know what you're going to end up with. It's the
0: fuse. It's the fuse on your genes, um, on how much longevity you got. There's a test for that. Actually, you can go Mm -hmm. and get your telomeres checked. I've always been freaked out. I was like, I don't want to find out. I burnt through myself. (laughs) I was like, no, I'm good. I'll just figure it out when I go. Um, Okay, so it's cool. We got kind of similar school of thought. Um, Do you think it always feels like I'm fighting uphill? Um, Because most people, again, they look at fitness. Just like maybe they look at chiropractic, like they look at regular healthcare, it's a short-term adventure. It's just something I'm gonna do for the moment, and when I get bored of it, I'm gonna move on. Because people haven't allocated that time. It's tithing for their lives. You know, it's it's the it's the ten percent that you need to contribute and donate to yourself. That's all about living better, sleeping better. Better sex drive, better relationships, better um, better spiritual relationships. There's all those things that contribute to it. And people are so quick to do the bare minimum that they're not really living a fulfilled life anymore because they're shit sedated. Going back to that article that I was talking about, they, they live a life of what's the next drug. Drug being food, being booze, being toys, possessions, the job. Anything that steers our attention away from ourselves and our relationship with God um, kind of takes away the value and the, the vitality of our life. Do you think our society is capable of digging ourselves out to being less than the fattest country on the planet? Do we even have what it takes? I think
1: we have the, or at least I, I hope that we have that capacity. Um, a lot of it's going to come down to just choosing to make those decisions. And a lot of it is stop being lazy. <laughs> that, that That's what it comes down to. We're all lazy. And I shouldn't say we are all lazy, but a majority of us are lazy. We become compliant um, yes. in what we want to do. And we basically sacrifice, eh, I'll do it tomorrow. Tomorrow is always, I'll get it done tomorrow. And I expected I've, it'll be there. Yeah. And I'm just as guilty as everybody else. Like there has been some times where I'll get backed up on something. And I'm like, eh, I've got tomorrow. I'll get it done then. And then tomorrow comes and something pops up and I don't have time to do it. And now I'm sitting kind of yeah. in a, a pretty piss poor position to be, you know, how am I going to get this done now? And then it becomes crammy. now I've increased my stress levels. Now my cortisol levels are going through the roof. Yep. Now I'm going to yep. start retaining fat. Now I'm yep. And it's just a domino effect. So we do have that ability, but we have to consciously make that decision and make it become a habit instead of just relying on, I'm just going to start it tomorrow. I'm going to get the last little bit out today. Because yep. every time that we say we're going to get the last little bit out today, tomorrow is I'm going to get the last little bit out today. And it's just this really horrible negative feedback cycle.
0: You're starting in the rears every day. Mm-hmm. You're always behind. And when it's when it's your health, that gap gets bigger. Oh, and yeah. You're not just talking about a day's worth of work. You're talking about peeling back five years' worth of life of smoking, drinking, ignoring your body, overworking, workaholic, schoolaholic. I mean – Yeah, it's it's a bad mix. Well, I have
1: patients that'll come in and they've got a bone spur, and I can tell them if I see one bone spur on any part of your spine, that's five years you've been living with this already. I can instantly tell you that. No shit. And they're like, oh yeah, about five years ago I had this injury, and I'm like, I know. I can see it right on your film. And the other thing that it drives me nuts is patients as soon as like we were talking about earlier when oh I'm I'm better now, I don't have the pain, or I can live with this amount of pain. Yep. Well. It takes 90 days at a very bare minimum. That's if you do everything that you're supposed to do and how your body was designed to work to get back out of where you started. 90 days at a minimum. Most people aren't eating correctly. Most people aren't doing what they're supposed to do. So add another month, add another two months on there. If you've been dealing with something for 10 years, it's going to take me more than just five little adjustments to get you out of that.
0: Now, do you frame that up in that initial conversation?
1: Oh, 100%. And I always tell patients, This isn't my problem. This is your problem. My job is to help you get out of your problem, but you created this. You need to understand that everything that we do in this office is to help you. It's not because I'm trying to um, sell you the next greatest thing. This is what you need. And whether you buy it or not, that's up to you. If you don't want to do what I tell you to do, I've got 20 other chiropractors in Manassas alone that I can send you to. I don't want to jeopardize my results and my um, kind of, Um, I want to care reputation? Exactly. And sacrifice that because you don't want to do what you need to do and vice versa. This is your health. I'm not going to jeopardize your health. If I tell you that you need an x-ray or an MRI, you need an x-ray and MRI. And if you don't want to go get it, why should I start adjusting into something? I've caught patients with, um, for lack of better term, it's a bubble in their spinal cord. Mm Mm-hmm. And if I started adjusting on that just without an x-ray or an MRI, I could have done some major damage to them and caused permanent damage. And yet the patient thinks, oh, I don't really need that. Can we just start today? Can't we just do you know, an adjustment and at least I'll get that today and then I'll go get it? No, that's not how this works. Your health is way more important to me because no one's going to take your health more important than I will. Um, I mean, you're not going to do it for sure because you've yeah. gotten yourself to that
0: point. It's funny. People... Um I've always looked at adults as children with checkbooks. Mm-hmm. You know, we're older, but we're not necessarily adults. We just got forced into being an adult, but we all have our I want it my way. I think what I think and I know what I know. And it, as people get older, they're more curmudgeon. You know, they're not really yeah. open to dialogue and um, learning new things. Not all, of course. Um, but if there's cross relationships between doctors and Kairos and supplement experts and nutrition experts and gyms, if you can get Every one of those people within that chain working together and referring to the other mm-hmm. in as far as the cause and effect. And so he- Hey, you're working with a trainer and this is what's going on with you. Awesome. I know just the guy that'll talk to you. That next person goes, yep, we can check this, but this piece, I think you need to go to that person. And that referral network, they talk about referral networks in business because it's business oriented, but it, right. it increases the scope and capability of care. When you've got somebody else vouching for what the chiropractor in this example is going to say, mm-hmm. like whatever Kyle says, do it because this, this, and this, my experience, their experience, you need to put in the time with him. And then after you're able to diagnose oh, you're your thyroid problems might have this you might be gaining weight because of a thyroid problem because of this because of the car accident you need to go talk to a doctor and talk to this yep but every one of those pieces of the chain um they're not individual pieces of care like people look at them like hey i'm just going to go to this dark back alley talk to the chiropractor and not let anybody else in the world know i'm seeing him so what he gives me is just isolated and i'll i'll determine if it's important and i'll determine right. if it's got relevance in my life but sure everyone's Because healthcare has taught us to be uh, skeptical of everything they do. Because it's always a
1: sale. Everything is always a sale. Whenever you go to any medical practice, it's always... And I've been guilty of this as well, like where I have my things set right in front. But when you walk in that door, if the first thing that you see is a whole product line of stuff to buy, your brain instantly goes to, he's trying to sell me on something. And you start to close off. And my job is not to sell you on anything. I put it there because that's where I I have space. But... I rarely talk about any of those products. If someone brings up a product to me and they say, you know, can this help? Yeah, this is how it might be able to help. But I never try to push anything because, you know, what works for you might not work for the next person. I'm not here to sell you on crap. Chiropractic is what's done for you, not to you. Yep. And a lot of times people forget that. And going back to the, the medical model from what I've experienced, it's almost like we're all little islands. And nobody wants to bridge the gap between the islands, mm. you know. I'm a chiropractor, and I have doctors that still, to this day, say, "Oh, chiropractors—they're quacks. They don't know what they're talking about." Now, I've had—I <laughs> pat- say the same thing about doctors, so
0: it's great. <laughs>
1: so, I've had patients that have come in to me, and um, a great example—I had a lady come in. She's been going to a podiatrist. She has what's called a Morton's neuroma. It's a A benign tumor sitting between her toes, compressing on one of the nerves in her foot. She's got diabetes. So the doctors say, it's your diabetes and it's your neuropathy. I'm like, no, the tests show that it's a Morton's neuroma. I'm like, you are going with Medicare. You don't want to pay for an out-of-pocket x-ray. I'm like, go get an x-ray through your medical doctor and get it done. So she went to a different doctor got the x-ray, and sure enough, there's a Morton's neuroma. Her podri- podiatrist, instead of being thankful that I found it for her, was upset with me because I found it and I sent her this To a patient. different doctor. I didn't send her to a different doctor. I sent her back to her podiatrist, but her <laughs> podiatrist didn't want to listen. And I'm like, this patient is our priority. Not what my education is, not what your education is. The patient becomes the priority. The fiefdom. And yep.
0: it, it ends up being um, it's an incredulous well, the way they just work on body shots. And God bless them, doctors. I have clients that don't listen to what I say. I can't imagine being a doctor and being like, dude, if you show up here one more year with your results going the way they are, you're going to need surgery. You're going to need a bypass. You're going to get diabetes. Mm-hmm. People ignore it. I mm-hmm. mean, it's people are, they said it, they're lazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but hey, we'll fix, the, we'll fix all the problems eventually. Exactly. Now, we didn't get to jam on a couple things, but um, now I want to highlight you real quick uh, and just give one more big shout out to... I'm injured often and usually where my care gets taken care of, I refer it. All right. So it's out of personal reference or personal experience that I end up going and referring people. Um, if it's a service that I get and it makes me better, I'm going to refer it. If it's a restaurant I love, I'm going to refer it and it's without hesitation. It's like, go there. Don't, Mm -hmm. don't fart around in the fitness and health space and the strength and conditioning space. It's more muscle than spine for me. You're probably going to say that it's, they're very tightly related, but when my things start to hurt, Mm -hmm. it's muscle that's hurt. Um, now chiropractors are stepping out of the bound. They're stepping out of bounds a little. Not stepping out of bounds. They're increasing their scope mm-hmm. um, by adding stuff like art. And yep. I always sought out relationships, especially with Kairos, because you got to be board certified to be art certified. Um, you do that as well. Yes. Now, can you? Do you have a, a real brief summary on what art is?
1: So, um, art is basically an active release technique is what it stands for. So you pin the muscle down, whatever its action is that you're going through. You're going to hold on to that muscle and stretch it beyond its normal strength or stretching capacity. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it gets a much deeper stretch. It breaks up any adhesions or knots that are in there and just kind of gets that tissue moving back the way it's supposed to. Your muscles are basically little sausages that are all linked up. And when you buy a package of sausage, they're usually stuck together. Think of that as being a muscle that's all damaged. My job is to put the lubricant in there and get those muscles sliding back and forth so it works like a well-oiled machine, and that way you don't have the tension, you don't have the knots that form that cause a lot of other issues later on.
0: I've never heard the analogy of sausage muscle. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Now, what people – so I've had dozens and dozens of clients that they'll overlook any art practitioner I've ever referred, and they end up with tendonitis. Mm-hmm. All right? So they've got golfer's elbow, runner, um, tennis elbow. I went to the doctor, doctor said, take six, six weeks off. After the six weeks off, I'm supposed to go to PT. Can you put my membership on hold for two months while I take care of a little bit of freaking tendonitis? So when you end up with inflammation and you've got, it's not the muscle that's hurt. That's We had talked about that, that usually it's something upstream. So when you're dealing with forearm pain, you can't open a door, you can't hold a coffee cup, right. you, know, you can't do things. And people keep grabbing their, their arm, they're grabbing their elbow and oh, it's right here, it's right here, this is what hurts. They don't understand the relationship between tendons and muscle. Mm -hmm. Um, For Jenny alone, I know that you've had great success with helping Jen, helping me. Um, How long can it typically take a tendonitis to recover? This is a really generic kind of question because it depends on how long and how chronic and everything else. But do you think that taking time off and then going to PT and going through range of motion, do you think that is a little bit of of an excessive route or do you think that Art can kind of handle those? So, do you see them as a short term injury or a long term injury?
1: So, I'm going to go back to the 90 day principle. Yeah. No matter what it is, it's going to take at least 90 days to fix it. Doesn't mean you have to stop what you're doing during those 90 days. That's where people get into the problem because if you stop what you're doing, you're going to start to kind of, you said it uh, earlier, but basically your body starts to eat itself. And it starts to deteriorate, it starts to degenerate. A body in motion stays in motion right? So if you take time off, now you've got not only the problem with the tendonitis, you're going to come back to the gym thinking I can go strong again like I was and re-injure it very, very quickly. And you're going to be in this really bad pattern. Instead, just drop the weight. If you're doing a 50 pound, I don't know, bicep uh, curl. All right. Maybe you only do a 10 pound and get the muscle worked on, get everything worked on. And as the Um, pain starts to go away and we start to get into that more rehabilitation phase of the healing process, when that usually takes about two to three weeks, then start amping up the weight again and get back to where you were. But if you keep stopping, going, stopping, going, every time that you stop, you're going backwards every single time. And I can't tell you how many times I've had patients that are like, should I stop going to the gym? No, don't stop. Like, yeah. unless it's like a full-on blown labrum tear or a meniscus tear where you really need to go in there and get those because you're going to do more damage. Yeah. So
0: tendonitis sucks. Um, now, th- you, you kind of played right into what I was hoping you'd get into, and that was chiropractors looked at like they're very single-threaded. I talked to a guy the other day that had really bad tendonitis here at the gym. I was like, go talk to Kyle. He can do art. And he goes, isn't Kyle a chiropractor? And it's because people don't understand, again, the full scope. I mean, it's only 10, 15 years that chiropractic came out of the dark ages where people really started paying attention to it. Um, But there's more versatility and more opportunities for healing and recovery and repair with chiropractic trade than most people are aware of.
1: Well, and there's just like there's anything else, there's different chiropractors for every different thing. So when you say you've tried chiropractic – I'm going to call BS on that because you haven't tried chiropractic. You've tried a chiropractor and you had a bad experience with that chiropractor. Try different things. You don't go to one Italian restaurant and have a bad experience and never go to Italian again, right? (laughs) right? Same thing with chiropractors, you know? And i say the same thing with OBGYNs. I say the same thing with your medical doctors. If you have a bad experience, you try a different doctor. If you have a bad experience with chiropractor, go to a different chiropractor. We all have different things that we do. There's 256 different techniques out there, last count. And so... What I do is different than what my neighbor does literally next door. And so there's no competition between me and her. When she has something that doesn't work, she sends them to me. If I have something that doesn't work, send them to her.
0: Makes it very niche, but it also allows you to specialize very specifically exactly. um, to the type of clientele that you want and the type of care you want to give. Exactly. All right. Well, sweet, brother. We we jammed here for pretty good 45 minutes or so. Uh, thank you for being a member of our community. Uh, thank you for all the expertise you have shared and shown our members because you do shit on the fly all the time. <laughs> it's gotten nowhere now. I actually feel bad because I've referred you so much and you're in class that people come up to you before class, during class, like, hey, can you take a look at my my shoulder. You know, I've got some issues going on. I'm like, fuck, leave that dude alone. <laughs> that's
1: not why he's here. You know what?
0: It's my passion and I
1: love it and I would not have
0: it any other way. I have people on the street that
1: I'll stop and do the same thing for. <laughs> if I see something that's really off, I'm like, dude, you need to get that checked. So.
0: That's great. Okay. Well, it shows that you do what you love and that uh, you're doing it well. Um, now, you are in Manassas. Yep. And the name of your business is...
1: American Wellness and Chiropractic.
0: Awesome. And most people won't ask for it themselves, but your type of clientele... I, since I see a lot of them as my members, um, you're always looking for people that kind of fit the mold of your type of client. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you're into the fitness business, if you're trying to get stronger, get leaner, get healthier, if you're having some issues with just regular health in general,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're going to benefit by going to chiropractor and getting that piece checked out before you go to the extreme side, which is the MD. Correct. Um, so Kyle's in Manassas. If you guys get a chance to look him up, if you happen to be at the gym, stop him and he'll take care of you right on the spot. Amen. <laughs> All right, dude. Thanks a lot. Anytime.